What up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast, Taiwan On Edition, coming at you guys live from somewhere around the world. I'm Carl, and I'm excited to be here with you guys today. But you guys know what time it is. Before I get into all the amazing stuff we're talking about today, have a drink with me. All right, you guys know I bring you guys amazing guests from all over the world from amazing places. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Jordan Tobe, a.k.a. JT. I hope I can call it JT. I kind of just threw it out there and didn't let her know. But I'm excited to be joined with Jordan Tobe. And enough of me talking about her, I will allow her to introduce herself, where she's from, and just, you know, what makes her the awesome person that I know that she is. Hi, Carl. Thanks for having me. Yeah, JT's cool. Jordan, whatever you want. Um, yeah, so I'm Jordan Tobe. I... Um, I'm from Pittsburgh. I know Carl because we work together at Pack Up and Go. So love traveling, love talking about traveling, love talking about myself. So excited to be here. And while we're on the topic of traveling, where are some of the amazing places you've traveled to around the world? Like what are the standout places when you you meet somebody and you're out and introduce yourself and they're like, hey, where have you been? Where do you start and where have you been? I'm super lucky. I've been a lot of places. I got to study abroad in Europe. So I lived in Prague for a little bit and kind of traveled around Eastern Europe a lot. And then um, after school, after working for a couple of years, I actually went and lived in Thailand. So got to travel around Southeast Asia for a while. And so usually I'd say Thailand and Southeast Asia is where I start because I feel like it makes me cool. But um, I have a lot of really cool experiences um, that I feel really lucky to have had. Now, I've been to Thailand. I don't know if you knew this, but I've been to Thailand oh, about 10 times. For those of you guys that have been to Thailand, I've took I've taken tour groups there, not just me going to Thailand because I love it so much. I do like it a lot. Now, visually, when you think of Thailand, and I don't know if you remember before you went versus after you went, what did you visualize and what did came came to your mind when you thought about Thailand? Mm, before I went, I was like beaches like islands and beaches and Bangkok it was pretty much like the image I had in my mind so like massive huge city with everybody on motorbikes and like beautiful Thai islands those were kind of like the images I had in my mind um wasn't really expecting to be placed in like rural middle of nowhere <laughs> Thailand for teaching um so it was a whole different experience but that was sort of the image I had before is that what you pictured Absolutely not. I, okay, so a little <laughs> bit of a little bit of history about that. When I went to Thailand, it was 2010. Jordan, I had never taken a trip with like by myself. Like you know, I went I went abroad with like school and stuff like that, but like a vacation trip in another country just by myself on my own. I didn't do it by myself though. My friend Brad planned most of it, but I had no. I was like, okay, it's gonna look just like Taiwan because that's all I knew. I was like, oh, Thailand. Yeah, he's like, it's gonna have good food. Sure, whatever. Yeah. I yeah. had no idea about the beaches, the beautiful water, none of that. We took a train from, uh, where were we coming from? From Cambodia to Taiwan. So my first mm-hmm. visual of Taiwan, sorry, Thailand was being covered in soot because we took an open door train and we went through the farm areas and there was a fire and all the soot, and I, was, I had a white Jordan shirt. I'll never forget oh. a white Jordan shirt on, <laughs> Michael Jordan, not, not Jordan shirt. Right. Um, and, and it was just black by the time we landed. So I had a terrible introduction to Thailand oh, and no. that's what I remembered about it. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah. I'm not shocked. Like I never had that experience, but I feel like everything that happened to me in Thailand was kind of just like a hundred percent, like flipped on its head from what I was picturing in all the best ways at the end of the day. But I'm not shocked that that was your, (laughs) that was your introduction to Thailand because I feel like it's just like 
a totally different world from what any of us are used to. It is. And before I get into that, guys, I'm sorry. I know you guys have been looking at this amazing picture of me on this glass and <laughs> looking at me and Jordan taking sips of amazing drinks. And we didn't introduce the drinks. I do apologize. Jordan, right. may I ask, what are you drinking in your glass today? Um, this has been my specialty lately, an extra dirty martini with vodka, not gin. Oh, okay. See? See? Vodka martinis are so much better. People don't get that. I agree. Now, now when you say a dirty martini, what makes it dirty? The olive juice. And I say extra dirty because I'm like almost more olive juice than vodka kind of person over here. I really, really like the saltiness. That's actually good. See, I'm really into pickle juice. And people are always like, why do mm. you take pickle juice shots? I'm like, first of all, pickle juice is really good for you. Probably didn't know that, but it actually is. So okay. Drink, drink more pickle juice, guys. But also, yeah, I don't know. I like pickles and I like salty things. Guys, last time I was drinking a, a dark, it was called a dark, sexy, and rich beer on the first episode. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not drinking that today, even though those are the things I aspire to be. I'm already two-thirds <laughs> of that. Y'all guess which ones I am? All right. I'm not going to answer that question. All right. And then I'm drinking, it's called a devil's backbone. It is a real ale. If you've been following me for a long time, you know, I love pale ales. I love ales. I love darker beers. Um, this is one of them. Uh, and it's called the devil's backbone because it's strong as hell, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to be drunk after three more sips. And back to the interview. George, I didn't know, I had no idea that you were a teacher in Thailand. Yeah. We never talked about this? No. I was, yes, for six what, months. What grade level did you teach? Like, what was it like? Because I, I t- of course, you know, I taught in Taiwan, but like, what was it like teaching in Thailand? Oh, it's it's a um, a really amazing experience. Um, I taught kids all the way from like the equivalent in the U.S. to like from like seventh grade to twelfth um, grade, essentially. Okay. And um, but I will say, just like kind of as a caveat for your listeners, that. Had I done a little bit more research and learned a little bit more, I may not have done the ex- the same experience that I did. I did mm. a six month stint in Thailand um, teaching, and I, uh, looking back now that I know what I know about the education system there, um, I know that these these kids get new English teachers just like thrown at them every semester, and a lot of the times we're not like super well-trained and well-prepared. And so I think that a lot of the times they're sort of like starting back at square one. Um, So for me personally going into it, there was a big learning curve for like, I don't know where, what level these kids are at. I was teaching English. um, So I didn't know what level. And honestly, I taught like all levels and I didn't really realize that at the time. Um, And, and I, I had a heart, it took me a while to gauge like where they were and where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels a little unfair to the students um, that that they're like consistently just like getting these new teachers in and out the door um, who aren't the best equipped for teaching them. So um, I will give that little caveat. But <laughs> I adored it. I adored like getting to build relationships with my students. Um, the Thai people in general are just like the most helpful, kind people in the world that I've come across. And, and my students were no exception to that. They were just like, so sweet. They adored me, which was a ton of fun. And um, just getting to like form those personal relationships. I feel like even if I wasn't the greatest English teacher in the world, uh, I definitely was able to kind of like be an adult um, figure in their life that was like fun and different than what they were used to. You know, and that... And that makes complete sense. I think uh, the story I always tell about how I ended up teaching, I said I never intended on being a teacher. It was not on my vision board, on my Ouija board. It was nowhere in like <laughs> no my boys. life's plan. It wasn't there. Um, I, I was a tutor and all that before I went abroad, but um, I literally fell in love with teaching. 
And I know it's kind of hard to say now, like I knew I had to transition out of it after more than a decade doing it because I didn't have that same passion and drive that I had when I started. And I think that teaching is so demanding. And for genuine people who actually want to help people, which sounds you want to do, but you just had a shorter time being there. Like it's, it's hard to just show up and then disappear. Right. And I know being abroad and talking to other expats, that's what a lot of people do. They go for one or two years and they leave. Um, But what's kind of left out is, yeah, you had an amazing experience doing these amazing things, but you know, there, there's people whose lives you've kind of impacted them. And I've, really? again, I was fortunate to stay in a place where I really, really liked, but I also knew that I, when I left when it was time for me to leave and I didn't like disrupt any lives, I hope when I was doing it, but yeah. I've got that. I do want to play a little game now. I'm going to okay. take a sip of this, uh, this devil's backbone again, until I'm sponsored, you guys, I'm not saying who makes this beer. Uh, if you know, if you make it and you're watching this video, please feel free to send me uh, money and I will uh, say your name. But until then, no Same with the vodka you. company. They can sponsor me if they want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Play my, it's a new game I just made up in my head uh, 20 minutes ago. It's called okay. uh, Countries. So okay. instead of me asking you about, oh, what more countries have you went to? We're just going to go up to 10. We're going to go back and forth for the countries, only the countries you've been to. Right, okay. but if but you can't say one that I said. So if I've been to the same place, you have to say a new one. Oh right. shoot! Okay. And, like, are you ready? All right, I'm gonna go first. Actually, no, no, no. That's unfair. I'll let you go first. Okay. Right. You ready? Thailand. Whenever you're ready. Thailand. Taiwan. Yes. Cambodia. Japan. That was my second. One. Vietnam. Singapore. Mm. Prague. Italy. Yeah. Uh, Austria. Australia. Thank you for helping me. Hungary. <laughs> New Zealand. Spain. Damn, that was my next one. <laughs> and I lose. <laughs> that was harder than I thought. <laughs> should have said America. Why did I just say? Oh, no, yeah. it's not. A, should have said. Oh, okay. That was, I'm half Canadian and I forgot about that part. <laughs> I really like that game. All right. Now, first of all, okay, where do I want to start? Hungary. What was that like? I've never, I wanted to go there. Never been there. What was that like? Oh, I went to Budapest. So okay. I'm not like an expert on Hungary, but I did go to Budapest. Um, so when I was in Prague, I went to, I did Vienna um, and Budapest in the same, in the same trip. Uh, Budapest was really cool. It was really beautiful. Um, Eastern Europe as a whole. So I'm Jewish. I don't know if, we've, if I've ever mentioned that, but I'm Jewish. No. And Eastern Europe has so much history, so much Jewish history, um, especially, sadly, surrounding the Holocaust and World War II. And so I'm also a history nerd. Um, and so that for me was like a big part of that trip was just kind of like going down the history path of like where relatives may have like areas where relatives may have lived or visited and understanding like the history of what happened in that city, especially to the Jewish people. Um, and so that was a big part of that trip. But also Eastern Europe in general is is just really cool. It's really, um, it's really beautiful. I mean, like all of Europe, it's super historic. And just like the charm of, you know, like the stone roads and the colorful buildings. I felt like, I felt like Budapest, Prague and Vienna kind of all had that, like really pretty like squares in the cities. So Really cool trip, you know. Like I've been, I've been to Europe a few places, but I've never. I mean, and I know a few black expats and just people in general who've been to Eastern Europe, but and they all say a bunch of amazing things about it. But honestly, I just, I've never researched it enough 
to go on my own. So I'm, I'm always happy when I talk to people who've actually been there and can kind of shed light on the uniqueness of it. So that way I'm, it is, it's, it's in my mind more for me to actually get to those places. Again, pandemic slowed all that down. I was supposed to do all of Eastern Europe and yeah. all of South America, but you, you guys know the, the world shut down. Yay. Um, so, but how about that? What were some of the hard lessons? And when I say hard lessons, it's like, okay, I'll give an example. One thing I learned uh, from traveling was, um, the benefit of being an American when I first started traveling um, and what that meant and how people would react differently to me uh, when they saw me versus when I, before I said words, they'd be like, then when mm. I started speaking, they're like, oh, English, America. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry about the accent, y'all. I'm not making fun of nobody. I just made up one in my head. That's, that's sometimes how I talk. So <laughs> y'all, don't, don't cancel me out. Y'all, y'all will be okay. So like, what were some of the hard lessons that, that like, that you learned from traveling or one, one or two, or if yeah. you, like, if you have any. Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, hmm, I think I think this kind of ties into what I was saying about going and teaching English for only six months. Um, I think understanding the the impact that you make by being a tourist was a hard lesson for me. So, you know, living in Thailand in a more rural town um, where there weren't tourists, I I really got to know the local culture, like very well. And and it was me who had to fit into the culture. You know, I had to make sure, um, for example, when I was there, the, the king of Thailand had just passed away and the whole country was in mourning. So I was only really to wear black. People were really only wearing black because they were in mourning. So it would have been disrespectful for me to show up wearing like colorful, like flower, floral tourist clothes. Um, in, in the midst of something so tragic for the country. So I really had to fit into the culture and make sure that I was respectful of where I was and the people that were around me. But then if I would have, you know, a weekend where I would get to go to like visit a Thai island, I would kind of look around me and realize how unintentionally disrespectful all the tourists were being. And I was like, you know, it wasn't for me to feel like defensive, but part of me kind of felt, you know, like, we, we kind of have this duty to understand where we're traveling and what's going on there so that we can be respectful. Um, and, you know, like the, the kind of just like loudness and the party nature and the Thai people are, are naturally just like a, a relatively like calm and quiet culture. Um, and, and so I think that was one of the hard lessons was having to digest that like, yes, I am a tourist. And also I need to make sure that I can like be respectful at the same time. But I always like want to blend into whatever culture I'm I'm visiting. And I know that's not always possible. You know, you're absolutely right. Because one of the interesting things, um, I, I, well, my, my sister just came to visit me in Austin. And, um, you know, my, uh, my, 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 my fiance, she's Taiwanese. And we went to one of her friend's um, house parties. And it was just, you know, a bunch of people from Taiwan and uh, mostly... All of them are from Taiwan, except us, and their significant others, right? Um, but they had like KTV and in their home, like connected to their television, which is karaoke, and they were like drinking and eating and singing. But they sang karaoke the entire night, and I was just <laughs> talking to my sister, and I, I was like, she was like, they, this is, and you know, she wasn't, I was, she was like, this is so much fun, and I was like, yeah, it is. But it was like it's so different from our parties because you know we we play cards. We'll play you know they had beer pong set up in the garage, but like we play cards. You know we laugh and joke. We just we eat and drink as well. But like the social aspect is just so different. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, is this how you always partied in Taiwan? And I was like, no. <laughs> it was like, well, what did you do? I was like, oh, you know there are clubs and areas like that. But I feel like that's definitely just for tourists. Right. Whereas that's not 
culturally where local people would usually like local people still go, of course, because it's there. But culturally, it's not how they celebrate with their families and their friends. Usually, yeah. it's more, usually more karaoke based. This is so fascinating just to think about that. Yeah, Question. and I think. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I think that it's a really interesting aspect to be able to find ways to insert yourself into the culture, um, even if you still want to. Like when I was in Prague, I definitely was like at the clubs being a total American student and like doing all the American things in Prague. But I also found a, a um, group of students to tutor. So I guess teaching has always sort of been there <laughs> in the background for me. But I found a group of students to tutor and I did it in their home. And so I would like take public transportation to a different part of the city and go teach them and work with them and hang out with the parents. And it was a totally different experience. And again, it was like me, I don't speak your language. I don't speak Czech. So I'm kind of like um, wanting to be respectful and and not just be like speaking English to everybody and trying trying to practice the, the Czech that I learned. And so I think finding ways to insert yourself, especially if you're somewhere a little bit longer term is, is a really cool way to do that while still understanding that you're a tourist. Absolutely. Man, fascinating stuff. Now, I do want to go uh, ask, shift us a little bit. Same, similar question, different topic. When I was growing up, uh, and it was weird because I, I didn't think about this until two weeks ago. That's why I love podcasting because it always gets me in a different mindset. My earliest memory of travel, like in understanding that there was more to the world than the community that I lived in, was when my dad, because he was like the vice president of a bank when I was younger, and they sent him to London. Uh, and like he came and I didn't know I was going to London. I was like, yeah, and I was a kid. I'm like, I don't know what London is. Sounds cool. Then he brought me back like this little, this, the, the London guards that stand outside of the queen's house, the little red guys with the little hat. And that's when I realized like, oh, he's going to another part of the world. That seems so cool. But I, but I couldn't visualize what that even was. And, you know, back then it weren't photos and things like that. He had to get them developed and I never saw them. Or right. maybe I did not just forgot. But that was my <laughs> earliest memory of like travel being introduced to me. And I came from a, I came from a family that traveled a lot domestically, but like before I was born, like once I was born, it was like, oh, we're going to Florida. We're going to Wisconsin Dells. We're going somewhere where you guys can get get, get away from me because I want my kids to have fun. <laughs> like, What's your earliest memory of travel? And then was it and how did your family react to your ambition and your drive and your want and need to go to these different countries? Because like, I mean, you're their daughter and they're worried about you. Like, was it OK? Like, what was that yeah. entire experience for travel like for you family wise? Yeah, I know this comes from a super privileged place. So just want to note that first. But my family has traveled together since like pretty much as far back as I can remember. So I don't even have a specific time that was like, oh, this is the first time I realized like you could leave. Like it was very much just like part of what we did. And I've talked to my parents about it and it was really important to them when they had kids that they continued to travel. And that was sort of like when they saved money and when they like, made plans, it was like very much around being able to continue to travel. So um, I feel really lucky about that. So I don't know that I have like a first memory of travel, but it's funny because um, my sister was just home and we were talking a lot about how much we traveled as kids. And it just reminded me of this when you were talking about London of like having that realization of like, I don't know where London is. <laughs> um, we realized that as as much as we got to travel as kids and and we did like we got to go to Mexico quite a bit. Um, we did um, Spain when I was relatively little. 
we did like the west coast of Canada in an RV, which was now looking back like one of the coolest trips ever. But at the time, I was like 12 years old and I was kind of like, why don't we just go to the beach like a normal family? And um, we were talking about that experience and we were telling our parents like, we feel so lucky that they took us to all these places. But something we wish they would have considered was was sort of explaining to us like, this is why we're going to this place. This is a little bit about the history of the place. Um, and I think that's where tying this all together, I think that's where my kind of like drive for like, I want to go somewhere and I don't want to just visit it. I want to like live there and understand the culture. I think a lot of that came from being a kid and being like, okay, we're in Spain, but what does that even mean? You know, like, right. I don't know where I am on the map. So um so yeah, I think travel was really important to my parents, but I think that I kind of like grew this like hunger for wanting to understand it more. And my parents were really supportive of that. They really, I I didn't even realize it was a thing that people would be like worried about travel <laughs> um, until I started telling people I was going to live in Prague or then Thailand. And, and they're like, are you sure? Is that safe? <laughs> and because my parents have always been really just like totally supportive of it. Was was your family when you said, hey, I'm moving to Taiwan? Like, how was your family about that? I think, um, and it's something I told my mom about. I went to a very, I, when I went, was I was in a uh, grammar school, elementary school, uh, like first to eighth grade, went to a very diverse school. So when we had like assemblies and stuff, we had like cultural nights where people from all, like, I didn't realize people in my class were from all over the world. So uh, different flags, different foods, uh, they did their, like, everything was on display culturally. So I was introduced to different cultures very early on in my life. High school was very different. Went to all black high school. It was great. Loved it. Great time. But um, uh, first to eighth grade was just so culturally diverse um, for me. But when I decided to go abroad, my mother was like, well, my mother wasn't surprised. She's like, I knew you was going to leave. When you when I heard you were studying Chinese, your freshman year of college, <laughs> I, I figured somehow you'd migrate over there. But when I started learning the language, it's the conversation around I would have with family members would be like, hey, you need to use that. Are you going to how are you going to put it? How are you going to make it work for yourself? How are you going to use that? And I was like, I mean, I'm doing it. I'm just doing it now because I enjoy doing it. Because, you know, college where you figure things out. Yeah. Um, I didn't really see myself applying that language to a job and a skill. And honestly, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to just be learning the language just to use it for something other right. than just living my my actual life. So I didn't go into, you know, the government or into specific companies just to use that skill. I use it in a way to make to make myself fit into a different environment, a different country and mm. be successful and thrive. And I'm really proud of that for myself that I didn't fall into what everybody else wanted me to do. I did kind of what I wanted to do. But my family was okay. My younger sister, I know because my oldest sister and I are five years apart. My younger sister are eight years apart. So I had time with my older sister. I had time with my younger sister. But I, I think for my siblings, it was just like, man, we wish you were here as the only boy of the family. Yeah. That you were always abroad. And you were abroad, not just for like a year or two. You're gone for like 11 years. Yeah. So I think when I first went, they were like, oh, it's okay. Cool, cool. Then when I stayed, they're like, okay, he's never coming back. We, like, up. we love you. <laughs> yeah. And now that I'm back, they're like, man, we're so it's so good to be back. So I guess to answer your question, I, I don't I don't know. I, I know that they supported me when I went. But I, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of living and working through like the impact it's had on me and my family long term, yeah. uh, and the relationships that I want to have with them. Like they're not, it's not a bad thing. It's just a, a reasserting yourself into like the familial life that I, that we've had. Yeah, you created like a full life. Like for me, it was like being gone for um, a year or even less for Europe. Like, but you, you had like the time to create a full life over there. So it's definitely different. 
That's crazy. You really think about it. Now I'm back home, which yeah. sometimes I don't really feel like home. But like, yeah. what were some of the passions that you know that that you discovered and things that you took from your experiences abroad and brought back to you and you inserted into your daily life now, whether that's personally or professionally or just in goals that you've set for yourself now and moving forward? Yeah. There's a few things that pop in my head when you ask that. So one is um, I remember being in Europe. I was like 20 years old and I was, you know, like you said, in college, you're really just like learning and figuring things out. And I remember having this epiphany and telling my mom about it. And as I was saying it, I was like, this sounds so dumb, but it really, it really like helped change me. I was like, I love just like leaving my apartment and just walking. And, and I think it was sort of an independence thing of like a, for the one of the first, even though I was, you know, away at school and stuff, but like being in another country, being able to like leave my apartment and walk somewhere totally new and like take public transportation and um, like navigate that all by myself. I think it was just this like epiphany of like, wow, I get to decide how I spend my time and I can do it exploring. And I really wanted to make sure I brought that home with me in terms of like making sure that even though I was coming home to Pittsburgh, where I'm from, I could still like use that curiosity and explore maybe like parts of the city I wasn't familiar with or go for walks and try to find things that I hadn't seen before. Um, So I think I really took that with me. From my experience in Thailand, it was a little bit a little bit deeper, a little bit more on the spiritual side for me. And it was um, a lot of writing. I journaled nonstop on that trip. Um, it was a lot of self-discovery. I had kind of like decided that I didn't like the way my life looked and was like, all right, bye, I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> like just kind of like <laughs> dropped it all and moved to Thailand. And I think that using travel as an ex- escape can be good and bad, but Um, I really did use that time for a lot of self-reflection. And so I like the practice of journaling. I've always journaled, but that was like when I was like, okay, this is essential in my life. And like reading and really understanding like history became really important to me. Um, And those are things that I continue in my life now. And I didn't think I would end up in the travel industry, but really (laughs) uh, travel really had a hold of me. So I hold on me. So I'm here I am, like I work in the travel industry. So I think, you know, that was definitely a big impact on me as well. I, I, you know, planning a bunch of weekend trips for myself every single weekend, I didn't really like think that would be the, what I went into work-wise afterwards, but it turned out it was, and it it was perfect for me. And, you know, again, first of all, that was amazing. Uh, I have so many thoughts on that. Uh, but I want to, I kind of want to leave that gym there. Cause I'm, I'm like, that's going to be like the intro to this, to this show. This, that was amazing. Y'all, y'all heard it and y'all watching it too. That was great. Right. <laughs> I know. I don't even know what to say. It's hard to follow and act like that. Jordan, I was going to take a drink before I keep going, man. I'll, I'll join you. Damn. That was good. Thank you. But what I think is so fascinating. What, what I know for me, I think, because people are like, oh, you still have the Black Expat podcast, but you're back home in America. Like, are you ruling an expat? And I always frame it. I say, hey, guys, I lived from 20 years old till now. I lived in another country. So, like, I am rediscovering America. And I'm everything I do, I kind of still do through the lens of an expatriate because I'm always, like, I'm trying to get, I want to go back to Taiwan. I've always wanted to live in Taiwan six months and then live in America six months. Like, I want to get back, not necessarily to do that now, but just to be back where I've been for so long. But one of the things that I think is interesting is that now that I'm back, I want to explore America. And it's interesting because the way in which people explore it 
and think about exploring America is so different. And I've just learned from being back that I can still live like an expat per se in America. I can spend two weeks in San Diego. I can spend two weeks or a month. So I can spend six months in a different place and kind of have that same feeling, that same less than allure of being in a new place. Because every, as you know, working in travel, every place is different and has something special to offer. What has it been like working in travel and the way in which you work in travel during a pandemic? And how have you kept that spirit of um, travel is, you know, because the reason I say this is because some people who work in travel I've talked to have been like, the pandemic has kind of turned me away from it because, oh, what's the point? And I'm like, what do you mean, what's the point? So it's like, how have you kind of, how has it impacted you? Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I'm definitely not alone. I know, like, everyone was in it together in terms of just, like, during the, the like, thick of COVID, I definitely had a moment where I was like, I can't stay in travel. This is too volatile. Like this is not, this is not okay. Um, you know, and I'm like LinkedIn searching, but obviously nothing is like exciting me because travel is, is such a huge passion of mine. And, and so working in travel during the pandemic was, um, <laughs> you have, you have me at a loss for words. Cause it was hard. It was hard. It was, um, it was scary. It was definitely like there was a time when I was like, I just don't know if the travel industry can come back from this. Um, I felt really fortunate to keep my job during the pandemic. Um, and even more fortunate was that I work for a company with a founder and a CEO, you know, who's just so fantastic and so transparent and so, um, just brilliant, honestly. Like, um, she's really brilliant and she, she really, kept us just like, A, she kept us busy when there were no trips to book. We still had things to do. Uh, she kept a number of us employed um, and and she kept us motivated and she kept us looking forward and, and really like seeing where we could go and seeing even if travel didn't bounce back the way it now has, um, seeing like what our possibilities were. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it was fun or, <laughs> or that I was like super optimistic, but um, but I feel really fortunate, I guess, is how I would frame it. And I, you know, I agree. Again, I don't, I wasn't, well, I was working in travel, but not really. I think it's just like my episodes and my shows. But one of the things that I think I, I learned from the pandemic was one, and I'm going to say this in reverse order, with the ability to pivot, right? Mm-hmm. I was able to pivot my podcast again to focus more on the lived experience of living in a different place. I think that was really good for me because it really put in perspective the way in which I wanted to live. That's where I got the idea of I can live in Taiwan and live in America for six months out of each year if I find something that works for me and allows me to do that. And yeah. it was giving me the best of both worlds. I kind of realized what I wanted, what I was yearning for, not because of the pandemic, but even before that, like I wanted to be around my family more. I was like, how can I make this work? And the solution kind of, it was forced upon me, right? Mm-hmm. I think it affected everybody individually. But in regards to travel in general and how I kind of worked through it mentally, I guess for me, it was... I was so, so much of an advocate and so rah, rah, you know, and, and even in our jobs now, it's like travel and we're always trying to convince people and get the people to travel and like, oh, and it's talking about why it's so amazing that when it was all taken away, I really had to sit back and reflect on, well, first, damn, the one thing I, I, I love, well, one of the things I love doing, I really can't do. Mm-hmm. So, so now what? It's like, like I said, it's been so huge in my life and it's changed me in so many ways where can I get that same fulfillment from and doing what? 
And if I don't have this ever again in my life, because we didn't know when it was going to end or what was going to happen, then like, what would I be doing? And it really made me think deeply about those things. And honestly, I'm still trying to kind of thinking about those things because (laughs) I'm with you. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of things that were going on before it. And I'm like, now I'm just like, okay, we're still in a pandemic, honestly. And I, I don't, I don't really have answers to those questions yet because part of me is like still scared. It's like, should I take a risk? Yeah. Yeah. No, maybe so. Uh, But now that we're kind of hopefully migrating out of the pandemic, are there any places that are on your list of places to go and things to do? Like, you know what? I had travel taken away from me for three years. Once it's back, Hey, I'm, I'm back out here. Where is back out here for you? For sure. I mean, I'm not, I I definitely want to be totally transparent though. Like I, in the last, what is it now? Like two and a half years of not being able to travel. I definitely have like, I think lost a little bit of my, um, my spontaneity. Like I'm feeling a little nervous about travel and I'm pretty like, pretty much like 99.9% sure that as soon as I start again, I'm going to like catch the bug and not want to stop. But I do, I have like a little bit of a hesitation, which is not like me. Um, but one of the things that this kind of ties back to the previous question you asked me first that I that I really learned when I was in Thailand was how important it is to take yourself out of your comfort zone. It's like, it's so cliche. Um, and even just saying that I was like rolling my eyes at it because it's pretty cliche. But I, I really understood that like if I stayed in the comfort that I was in prior to going to Thailand, I would have been stuck in a life that was eh, fine, you know, like, and, and nobody wants to describe their life as eh, fine. Um, and so like taking myself out of my comfort zone really like elevated me to like my next level. So I have to remind myself that I think when I think about getting back into traveling, um, I, and, and I will say I've been lucky, like I've been able to travel around the States a bit, um, during this time. So I have, I've gotten to like scratch that itch a little bit here and there, but, um, for me next would be South America. Never been to South America. So never been like beyond Mexico, Belize, I guess would be the farthest I've gone, um, in the Americas, but yeah, South America would love to explore it. would love to start to learn a little bit of Spanish first and, and then get to take a trip in South America. But also Australia, New Zealand. I honestly, like I, I would probably just list every country I haven't been to. <laughs> so, um, but South America, I would say is probably the starting point. What about you? Actually, that's the one place I haven't been. It was always too far away from Taiwan to like justify yeah. me going to, but South America is, I, I want to do, I want to do all of it. I want to just take a month or two and like live and experience it the way that, you know, kind of the way that I want it to. Um, before you know everything kind of went up in flames but yeah south america and the thing is same like i want to do duolingo get my people like oh you can't learn on duolingo yes you can guys just try it don't knock it till you try you can it start yeah like a heavy month long of like i'm doing two hours a day of duolingo and then like hitting up my friends who speak different languages and talking to them because yeah i do want to do south america and i want to be able to communicate basic things because that was my fear when i i guess with traveling when i because i was able to go through most of you know China and Pacific, specifically in Asia and know a little bit of the language to get by in culture. But outside of that, I'm like, I want to go outside of that and really be, again, back in that mindset of I'm figuring it out. And you know, it's so interesting that you said that because 
a lot of the greatest discoveries that I've talked to big people who've had big dreams, big ideas, and entrepreneurs and CEOs was like when they took themselves out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And I think people often kind of don't understand that you get so comfortable with your everyday job. And if you're in a job that it's it's the same thing every day and becomes monotonous and it's and like you really can lose sight of yourself and you just really kind of settle. And it's so weird how quickly a month and a year goes by. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like it was just January and now we're heading into May. It's almost the end of April. Like, and it, things just go by so quickly. So what travel did, like planning to travel was a big thing for me. I was like, all right, we're planning today. It was like a week, a week long adventure, yeah. just planning to travel. And then the anticipation, the buildup and everything. So it really does change it. But when you don't have that and you kind of have to figure out, all right, where does that come from when you can't even go outside? Like, well, you can't go to many places and dine. Like, that's right. huge. Totally. And I think too, like I'm a big proponent of like regulating your nervous system and being really in touch with your nervous system. And I feel like if every day you're going through life, like never giving like a little bit of a shock to your nervous system, when something happens, it's going to mm -hmm. like shock you. But if you're like consistently finding ways to like shake it up a little bit, like make things a little bit uncertain, then when you know, when something unexpected happens, it's a little bit less shocking to your system. I don't know if that's like way off topic from what we're talking about, but that's sort of, I just feel like it's so important to make sure you're like, you're training yourself for these, these situations. No, that makes perfect sense. Cause I feel like I'm operating in reverse. I feel like I was so used to seeking new things and experiences. And now I'm like, when I'm sitting there and I'm doing something like, I want to do so much more. And I'm like, everybody's like, hey, calm down. One day at a time. I'm like, no, that's not how I used to live. I used to live on, on the what? Like I would literally in Taiwan just go out and walk around the street and find something I didn't know about. Go find a new bar. But like here where I am now, yeah, I can go find a new bar, but it's such a long drive. Everybody's going to speak English. It's a new place, but it just didn't feel the same uh, right. to me personally. So yeah, I absolutely, absolutely agree with that. Like spot on. What was, as we're winding down, uh, what was... Something that you did in your childhood or when you were younger, like the younger version of yourself that has always stuck with you and has had a big impact on how you've experienced travel, but also how you've experienced accomplishments in your personal and or professional life as well. Hmm. Um, well, I went to summer camp and I feel like for those people listening who didn't go to summer camp, they're like, Okay. But um, to me, summer camp was was like how I learned how to interact with people um, who were like in a really deep way, I guess is how I would put it. So um, interacting with people from all over the country um, who maybe were coming from like different backgrounds from me. And we were like all of a sudden thrust into this environment where we lived together for three months um, or two months of the summer, and we were all young people with counselors, camp counselors who were in charge of us, but they themselves were like 16, 17 <laughs> years old. Um, and and so like learning how to navigate that independence, um, I feel like really set me up for success in, honestly, in life, but, but also in traveling. Um, yeah, that's the best thing I can think of. Do you do you have a specific thing from your childhood? Before I get, I I do and I don't. Okay, same. But you know, I've always speak transparency. I always wanted to go to summer camp. I <laughs> never wanted to send me to damn summer camp. I was so mad because like I, I was like 
I had friends stuff that were going. I'm like, why can't I go to summer camp? I'm not sending you nowhere with no strangers for three months. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> but now I go halfway across the world. Sorry, guys. I got really, really emotional. But you guys see, I really wanted to go to summer camp. Like, I, uh, so many people just, like, don't know the benefits of it and how sending a kid to school is kind of the same thing. But, um, like... Summer camp just sounds so much fun. Like, okay, I know this is not related to the question. I'm going to answer the question, I promise. But first, what did you guys do at summer camp? Like, how, like was it so much, was it much fun as I think it was? <laughs> like, I always wanted to go. It was. It really was. It was, I mean, my summer camp was on a lake. So we did a lot of, like, water skiing and tubing and, and boat stuff. And then we had the coolest thing. I don't know if you've ever seen Heavyweights, the movie, like the Disney movie, but they had this, like, um big it's called the blob we had it at camp it's called the blob and it's like one person jumps on the blob and scoots to the front it's literally just a blob in the middle of a lake (laughs) so you jump on it and then somebody else jumps on it and like rocket launches you off into the lake no way yeah so that was that was really fun a little scary but fun uh we had like horses and horseback riding we had arts and crafts we had drama we had swimming we had a I mean, everything you can, archery, like everything you could imagine. Um, and like, as like, sounds like it's from a movie, but it's really how it was. And um, I loved all the activities, but honestly, even more than that, like I said, was like navigating these like friendships and like young love and like <laughs> all of the, all of the things from the movies um, was, it was real. Yeah. See, it's not right. So guys, yeah, you guys have kids. Hopefully, if you watch my YouTube channel, you're you're of age. You may or may not have kids. Even if you don't have kids, I feel like there there's an adult camp. Never mind, that sounds like something different. But yes, if there is an adult appropriate camp, you nasties, then make sure you guys go to camp. Sounds like so much fun. I always wanted to go, and if I could do a life all over again, I would bother my mom about being in camp more. But for me, I, I think it was some something that's always kind of stuck with me was the. I guess the exposure to different things that I've always had, like my scholarship for college was something called the Posse Foundation, where the shortest version I can explain it, where a group of 10 people from the city of Chicago, different schools, different parts of the city come together six months to a year before and talk about what college life will be like. And then you go to college with those 10 people, the same university. That's amazing. I think that's really what stuck with me because something I'm really big on is teamwork and working together to accomplish things and realizing that our differences make us stronger within a team. And you need a, you need a person to kind of guide and get everyone there. You need, need a strong leader in the middle, of course. But I really like the, I've always been really big on teamwork and doing things together and being inclusive on everything. And that's really why, you know, I think why I've grown the podcast way that I have, but also just had been open to seeing the world the way that I have. Because I think it does take a special mindset to decide to, book a flight, but then get on the flight and then go somewhere where you may not speak the language, you may not be able to find food right away and be okay with that. Um, mm-hmm. And again, as a tourist, maybe not, but as to live like for six months to a year to 11 years, like it's, it, it is a huge difference. Yeah. So one of the final questions I wanted to ask, I know I said that earlier, this is actually one of the final questions, guys, I'm not lying, I promise. Um, and it's not the, not the alcohol talking. I am almost done with my beer and it's really good. It was really strong. I told y'all it's really strong. <laughs> Little tips. But um, who's your, uh, and I asked this question before and I'm figuring out for myself too. Who's your travel role model? Like a person who, anyone that like you look up to is like, oh, when I think of travel and who inspired me, I, I, I kind of think of that person. Wow. That's a great question. I might have to think about it a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that I have, there's like, 
as I'm thinking, there's like multiple faces popping in my head. Um, because, you know, like the woman who I traveled with in Thailand, she was so amazing. She, we met, we were both teaching at the same school and we, or sorry, in Southeast Asia, we met at, in Thailand and decided to travel in Southeast Asia together. She was super type A. So she, before we would go anywhere, would have like full list of every single site we had to see, everything we had to do. And so like, I took a little bit of that. And then um, like Lillian, who's both of our bosses, um, I've talked to her a ton about traveling and we've got to travel within the US together a little bit. And she's a lot more like kind of like fun about it. Like she's like, oh, like we, we should just try this bar, you know, and um, took a little bit of that from her. And um, I think that like from my parents, I liked like took some like appreciation for just like wandering and like seeing what I stumble across. And so I don't know if I have like one specific travel role model. Um, but I think that I've been influenced throughout my life by other people who travel and, and have kind of taken some of that from them. Also some of our pack up and go travelers, um, the travel company that we work for, sometimes they write stuff in their survey and I'm like, Oh, that's a really good <laughs> mindset to be in when you travel. I remember seeing one survey that was like, um, like I love going out, being out of my comfort zone, but I also like some semblance of routine. So in the morning I like to go to a coffee shop and I was thinking to myself, like, that's a really cool way to like every morning I'm going to go to my coffee shop and I'm going to feel comfortable and then plan the rest of my day from there and, and kind of take myself out of my comfort zone. So not a great answer to your question, but sort of all over the place. That makes sense. And you know, I have what I have learned from our travelers that you know, reading all those surveys that we read, it's um to se- you can celebrate things with travel. And the positive and the negative, like, oh, graduation celebration, yay, divorce, double yay. It's like you can celebrate <laughs> anything with travel. And it travel can be and is an is a reward. Um, and you can look at it like that. I think that's kind of what pushed people to even get out more because mm-hmm. maybe if you didn't graduate, you wouldn't travel. So like use that as an excuse. If you're trying to find an excuse to spend a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars or two hundred dollars, no matter where you're going, uh, yeah. use travel as that. It's it's a great excuse uh to to go out and see things. And I think I'm very similar to you where the very first person that took me to Thailand on my very first trip that wasn't, you know, through school or something like that was Brad. And Brad was like, he he would plan the flights and the hotel, but nothing else. So it was like, I knew I would get there safely and get home safely, but the in-between, that was on me. And he was really good with like directions and maps. And I was not, I'm not a, nope, I get lost and I walk around for two hours, but I get back home eventually and I'm gonna have a lot of fun along the way. That's me. And then Lacey, who, um, she's a friend that I actually met in Taiwan. But when I met her, she was like this, just, she was a woman. She was like, yeah, I've, I've, I just, she literally quit her job and did whatever made her happy. But I ne- I, I went out for her downtown for like lunch one day and she was like, yeah, I don't really like this job. I was like, oh man, what's going on? How can I help you? Yeah, I just quit. Like she texted <laughs> him and said, I quit. I'm, I'm like, you just quit. And she was like, yeah, that. I'm, pro- I'm going to move to New Zealand next month. And she's still in New Zealand right now. She's married and has a baby. Like, but that's how her, and I was like, man, how do you, what kind of sorcery is that? But she was like, I just live. Based on how I feel, if I don't feel good, I'm going to change it. And I, I take a that. little bit of that, but I don't think I could just, I don't think I can do that. You know, Not the people now. in my life who have like, who have like the life, the lives that I'm most envious of tend to be the ones who kind of live like that, who are like, yeah, I don't like this thing, so I'm going to change it. And and it's, I think that's really scary for a lot of people, including myself. Um, but I think that at the end of the day, ultimately, like, 
that's why we're here, right? To just kind of try try it all out and see what works, see what doesn't, and, and move on. Yeah, it's like it's just the, the instantaneous. It was so instant. I was like, really? <laughs> and then we went to it was a Hooters in Taiwan. Went to Hooters and had chicken wings. It was amazing. It was a great day. We went to a club. Anyway, well, thank you so much, Jordan. This is an amazing conversation. Um, I have so many more questions with them, things we can talk on. So hope to have you back on the show um, at some point during the year, whenever you have time. But thank you so much. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? Any other questions, comments, anything? Nothing else. Just thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I'd also love to to talk again soon on one of these. It's very fun. And uh, definitely finished my drink. So I'll have to get more. Hey, you guys know how it is. Thank you so much, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, listening, watching, wherever you are. Thank you for tying one on with myself and Jordan. On behalf of, I'm on the wrong podcast, you guys. <laughs> this is mine. I say that on the Pack Up and Go podcast, which if you haven't, subscribe to Envelopes of Exploration. It's an amazing podcast because I'm on it and Jordan's on it. And a bunch of amazing people are on it, too. But thank you guys for tying one on with me. I'm Carl, the Black Expat. You guys know what time it is. Have one last drink for this episode with me. Mm. I save like a little corner usually. Drink is so good. Hey, until next time, guys. You know what time it is. We out here.